0: welcome to just a girl podcast this is kirsten here with you today this podcast just a general overview is just here to help you explain the ups and downs in life and not necessarily why things happen but how to get through things as they happen because we all know that at some point they will happen i mean look at 2020 for example didn't expect all the bad things to happen in one year yet somehow they did So a little bit about myself, I am in school and everything that you can expect to happen in a person's life that would be terrible has happened to me and I am desperately trying to get through this thing called life and make the people that I know proud of me and help and impact as many lives as possible. I want to do some of that through these podcasts because sometimes you just need a little pick-me-up during the day, right? And I mean, I listen to a lot of podcasts and most people wouldn't think that about me. So whoever can listen to this and be impacted, brought up, helped, understand a little bit more about how to get through the situation that you are currently in or get over a situation that you were in in the past, I want to do it. I want to help you. Um, You can feel free to message me through Anchor. I will do my best to respond as soon as possible. So today, let's talk about the bad. The bad always happens when we least expect it. Like we had a really good patch in life, we're really happy, and then that one thing happens, right? So, let's let's go for example, a couple years ago, I was extremely happy. Things were going really well. I was in a good, a healthy relationship or what I thought was a healthy relationship at the time. And then I found out my best friend was going to get deployed. Now, I know that doesn't seem like a lot for someone who... It's just my best friend. Like, like people's parents, grandparents, brothers, sisters are getting deployed all the time. Well, my b- brother was also supposed to go out on this deployment, so I was terrified. So, he was engaged to his now wife... We planned a wedding in less than a month. He was married on Christmas Eve. It was amazing. Uh, not what we planned, not what we hoped for, but we, we did it. We got through it. We added three beautiful members to our family that day as she already had kids, but we love them. They're amazing. Sweet little angels. Um, but it was terrifying. Not only was my brother going to get deployed, my best friend was. I wasn't sure what I was going to do. I was terrified. My family got really lucky. My brother found out in February that him and his wife were pregnant and he applied twice to not have to go on deployment, especially since his contract was there and going to be up at the end of November, halfway through the deployment. But we were still terrified because baby's on the way. He might be deployed in the middle of this all. And he was going to be gone for the birth. And if he got to come home for the week and a half, he was going to have to leave and miss some of the crucial things of this baby's life. Because the deployment is a year and a half. Well, a lot of things happen, and we got really lucky because my brother didn't get deployed. But my best friend is still overseas right now and I could never be more proud of him. He hates it. (laughs) He texts me every day. He does not like the deployment. It's really boring for him. They're just... They're not doing what he wanted to. He wanted to go over and fight. He's doing a lot of sitting in watchtowers and watching and he's not in love with that. (laughs) Excuse me. He wants to be a little more hands-on, which I can understand. Like, he... He joined with that intent, where my brother did not join with that intent. He joined because he killed my brother, joined because he wanted the free education that he got through the military, and the ability to what he wanted to do with his life go farther. Where my best friend joined with, I want to go over and i want to fight like actually fight because it was what was best for him which i can understand but it was terrifying absolutely terrifying knowing that he is over there and what am i supposed to do when my best friend is gone in the middle of quarantine (laughs) like everybody else is oh no can't go out, but my best friend can still come over to my house. Like it's all fine. Well, my best friend is four thousand miles away, but we've made it work. I've sent him dozens of care packages. I have Facetimed him almost every day. I have texted him, Snapchatted him. It's almost like he never left, thankfully, because of where he got deployed to, even though he's not in love with it. It feels good knowing I'm not going through the year of schooling that I'm going through by myself because I've had a lot happen in this school year. You know, they said they felt bad for the seniors of 2020. Um, I feel worse for the class of 2021. They're having the crappiest year. No homecoming, maybe no prom. Don't get to have fans at basketball, football, wrestling. Don't know if we'll get to have full fans at softball, baseball. Don't know if they'll get to have a prom or walk the stage. Whereas the class of 2020 had a relatively normal year. Yes, was their graduation a little screwed up? Okay. But they didn't have everything taken away from them. So as we look back now. As I get into it, there's a lot to break down this past year. COVID happened. March 15th, every school in my state closed. Every single school. I was absolutely crushed because I was supposed to start golf practice the next day. I was so excited it was going to be my year of golf. I was going to make it to state with my team. And that was ripped away from me. And it was crushing. And then I worked four jobs all summer. You know how hard that it is? It's hard for an adult, let alone a teenager. So we sit there and we're breaking down my schedule and wake up at six, shower, get ready. Be out first job at seven. Work there till three, be my second job till four. And then sometimes during the week, I'd work at my third job, probably about two or three days. I'd, I'd got lucky because two of my jobs, I had the same boss. So my one job I nannied and I watched her kids all day because she didn't feel comfortable sending them to daycare, which I understood. But while they took a nap or watched a movie, I would go out in her shop and do the job that I was hired for four years ago now. And helped her with weddings and cleaning and getting stuff ready for weddings in case they would happen. But we weren't sure with everything going on. And watching her be crushed as all of her weddings were canceled. And then um, I would go to my fourth jobs on the weekends on Saturdays and Sundays and work anywhere between... (laughs) four-hour shift to a 13-hour shift on some weekends, depending on how busy it was, because I was pretty much the assistant manager and held most, if not all, of the responsibility when our owner wasn't there. And it was a lot. I worked anywhere between 80 and 110 hours a week. And that kind of stress just ruins a person, absolutely ruins a person. But At the time, I was in what I thought was a healthy relationship. But as I look back now, that relationship wasn't even dictated by me. See, I fell in love with him long before we dated. And I'll say that. I was in love with him. Or what I thought was love at the time. I mean, love is ever-changing for everybody, right? And you feel differently for other people. Um, But we started dating on March 7th. I had just got back from... Um, a trip to Florida where I did an amazing internship and it was fantastic. And he picked me up and he took me to McDonald's because McDonald's is my favorite. And then we drove around for about five and a half hours until about 1.30 when my dad texted me and said it was time to come home. So we went home. And uh, I realized that his brother dictated our relationship more than I ever got to. I couldn't post too many pictures of us online because his brother would get upset couldn't post a picture of us kissing because his brother would get upset i couldn't call him babe or baby in public because his brother would be upset and he didn't feel comfortable with that and it was really frustrating what am i supposed to do with that how am i supposed to be in a relationship with someone who doesn't want me in public in public we're just friends No, don't get me wrong, I did some things wrong, too. (laughs) But I treated him differently no matter what location we were in. It didn't matter where we were. And on August 17th, he broke up with me. Because the week before, that was a Monday, because on Friday night, he had went to a party. And he had always told me he was antisocial and he just, he couldn't spend as much time with me as he wanted to because um, he was antisocial and he just got his fill on people. Which didn't make sense in my head because if you want to spend more time with me, but yet you have your fill on time with me, doesn't that mean you don't want to spend more time with me? That you just don't so I was conflicted the entire relationship and so I finally questioned it I was like hey on the Saturday I was like hey we need to talk I'm confused I'm kind of hurt I don't know how to feel I have the right to feel this way and it's like you tell me you're antisocial I just need you to explain where you're coming from what your headspace is I was like because you you tell me this but then your actions say this and he goes I want to think I was supposed to go boating with him and his family on Sunday. He goes, I I don't want you to come tomorrow. I don't want it to be awkward or weird. I was like, okay, I understand that. And one day he picked me up from work. We went for a 15-minute drive, and he broke up with me, and I was crushed. I couldn't breathe. So he dropped me back off of my car at my work i walked in i was crying my boss was like what the hell <laughs> but it's fine he ignored me kept going I got some milk i got some chocolate i got some ice cream i went drove home in tears i probably shouldn't have been driving but i lived 20 minutes away from my work i didn't want to just sit out in my car and ball because i knew i was gonna ball for like five hours and i just wanted to get home because it was like six o'clock and i was exhausted from work that day and i got home and I, my mom was home already. And I called in her lap. And mind you, I am the same height as my mom. I'm probably about 30 pounds lighter than her. Not that she's fat. I'm just extremely light. But I'm the same height as her. And I just called in her lap and cried. I didn't know what else to do. This person who I thought was amazing and loved me broke up with me because i had feelings and i expressed them because my entire life i had been taught that when i don't like something or that when i'm having an issue speak up unless you're in this situation or this situation or this situation but with him And unless you're with this person. But with him, I felt I could just say it. I thought wrong. I was so wrong. And it hurt so bad. (sighs) And when we broke up, he said he wanted to still be friends. And I said, okay, you're a good person. I can do that. But then for the entire week after we broke up, He treated me like we were still dating. When he snapped me, he would call me love. He would call me every night before we went to bed. And finally, the Saturday after he broke up with me, I blew up on him because I just couldn't take it anymore. I wanted to know if he wanted a relationship or not because it felt like I was still in one. How can you tell me to move on when I feel like I'm still in a relationship? And I threw it at him and I said, and he was at a party that night too and I was like, you're at a party again, you wonder why I felt the way I did, you are treating me like we're still in a relationship, I don't know what the frick to do, what do I do? You call me all the time, you ask me for advice about your mom, you ask me what to do about your dad, how to tell him this and this, like I'm supposed to know how to do this, like nothing has changed, what do you want me to say to you? Logically, what do you want me to say? Because right now I'm telling you I need you to stop talking to me. And so for about a half a week, he's, he did. He left me alone, relatively. And then I started snapping him and he was like, hey, I'm sorry for blowing up on you. But I needed to get it off my chest. I was struggling. Da-da-da. And then from that point onward, his replies were, okay, whatever. Okay. Okay okay and so for then like two weeks of tolerating his blandness and his one word responses i was like hey do you want to be friends or not i'll leave you alone if you want me to and he's like he goes i don't really know what i want i haven't really gotten any space out of the relation after the relationship ended what do you mean i was like what do you mean and he goes you still talk to me every day and I was like you were the one who snapped me for sent me every day for the entire week I still snapped me good morning beautiful good night love called me every night before we went to the bed it was like for a week after we broke up and you're telling me you never got any space and then are mad at me because I blew up on you okay I was like I'm sorry I'll leave you alone I mean a lot more went down than that I can't lie I said some things that I probably regret saying. And then he started. He, him and I game together. I have a streaming PC. Um, I don't stream. But I game a lot with my friends. And he had introduced me to his friend group. And they helped me build my first PC. Which is what I use now. <laughs> um, he had been trying to turn them all against me. A couple of them. Um, one I call my gay best friend. Because he's gay and he's like my best friend. <laughs> and another one um stood up for me and the other one just kind of indifferent about it didn't care like just keep him out of the drama and the other one was his best friend that he goes to school with and so obviously his best friend sided with him and but he kept trying to get them to turn against me don't play with her I joined a game that they were playing not realizing that he was in it and he had it so he couldn't hear me, but I could hear everything that he was saying, and the whole time, he just sat there and t- trash-talked me, Luca's playing bot lane, god, why did she suck so bad, why did you come play with us, blah, 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 and I was like, okay, bro, just calm down, it's fine, like, we can play together and be civil, I was like, I'm not asking you to be my best friend, but don't be a jerk about it either, and, uh, he just ignored me for a while <laughs> and then he went on vacation with his family which was great good for him that's cool but the second day he was on vacation i found out that two weeks prior he asked my best friend of 13 years to homecoming and my best friend said yes what do I do with that? <laughs> so now you're telling me my be- my best friend, the only person who stood by me for 13 years since we met in pre K, is taking his side too? Did I do something that wrong? I had three other people look at the situation. I explained to them. I showed them the text. They sided with me. I didn't do anything wrong. And I asked them, honestly, did I do something wrong? Did I say something wrong? Did I initiate this on myself? No. You did everything right. So what am I supposed to do with this when my own best friend is turning on me? And so I had a talk with my best friend. Actually, we had a very verbal fire. I almost punched her in the face. I threatened to punch her in the face. I was so angry. So angry. Let's just say her and I are no longer best friends. We, I tolerate her. And I shouldn't say that. But I can't ever trust her the same again because 13 years of trust was lost in that all because she wanted to go to homecoming with her best friend and i don't mean with my ex i mean her best friend went to the same school as my ex and she wanted to go with her even though she didn't know anyone else (laughs) but it was kind of funny because she actually hated the experience and uh I kind of laughed when I heard that. But seeing their pictures all over Instagram and Facebook hurt. Because of everything, I went to my doctor and I said, I need help. I need a lot of help because I'm struggling. And I have nobody on my side except for my mom and my dad. And I have nobody that I can talk to in the United States anymore, because I talk to my mom about, about my mom about a lot. Don't get me wrong. Um, but it, there's some things I don't want to talk to her about, right? That I want to talk to my best friend about. But I no longer have that. I was in the first two months of my senior year, and I was losing. Everybody. Absolutely everybody. It sucked. I said, I can't do this. I go to sleep and I hope I don't wake up in the morning because I just don't want to. And when I wake up, I dread the day ahead of me. Even if it's just going to school and then coming home. And the nights I have to work. I can't lie, the guys at work help. They're great people. I like, but I hate it. It just drains me. And so for the second time in my life, I went back on antidepressants. But this time, they came with consequences. And I don't say, like, side effects. But she said, a doctor said, If you want these antidepressants, you will go to therapy. Because you need to talk to someone. She goes... You don't even have to talk to them about whatever situation put you where you are at right now. You have to talk to someone about something because you do everything for your community. Because I do. I do everything and a half for my community. And I don't mean that to brag. But she goes, you do everything for your community. And eventually, people will notice you're falling From excellence. Don't let whoever hurt you. Damage your crown. Because you deserve better. And so for three months I went to therapy every other week. And I continue to go to therapy once a month. And it feels so good. And it hurt For the first month and a half to say that I was in therapy. Because I didn't want people to know. But now I realize that it's so much better. I don't go every other week anymore because I don't need to. I've gotten over that situation. But I still go once a month because I do a lot of things in my life. Life. Between school and work and drama and the generalization of being a senior in COVID. It's hard. I won't deny that. It's really hard. And then things kept getting a little worse through my senior year. In November, my life mentor and the only reason I'm graduating this year passed away. And I went downhill for a solid few days. I even texted my ex because I didn't know what to do anymore. And I just said, I just need an ear to talk to because I still don't have anybody besides my therapist. And so he listened for about two minutes and then got annoyed. And then I went to this football game. Oh, she passed away late October. I'm sorry. Then I went to this football game on November 6th. And there was a cute boy there. And he was with one of my friends from my grade, but he was from the other side. He's from the other team. In this school, we hate the school. Everybody in our district hates the school because they're just really cocky and mean and stupid. And, uh, but the kid in my grade dated their manager their football manager, and so he was over on their side, and he came over to our side for halftime and was talking to us, and I saw the cute guy kid, and so I went over to talk to our friend, and then I ended up talking to him, and then the next morning at school, I was like, hey, Hunter, you know, the kid you were with on Friday, he was pretty cute. Do you think I can get a snap? And <laughs> He straight up looks at me and goes, I don't know, Kirsten, you might be too crazy for him. I'm not, I'm not quite sure he'll like you. <laughs> and I was like, okay, whatever. Shoot in my shot. And uh, I was getting ready to sleep because I had to work an 11-hour shift the next day on Saturday. But I I was getting ready to sleep Friday night because, you know, 11-hour shift to Saturday, as I just said. And I get getting a phone call. And I thought it was my deployed friend because he always calls me at the stupidest times because they're eight hours ahead of us. So, for him, it's, like, normal to call me. Me, it's like, Ugh. And I was about to just pick up the phone and chew his butt. Like, bro, it is 1030. I am tired. I am 90% asleep. What the hell do you want? I have to work an 11-hour shift tomorrow. And here it's my friend Hunter. And he goes, he goes, hey, Kirsten, you remember uh, my friend? And I'm like, yeah. She goes, he goes, he wants your snap. And I'm like, cool. Give it to him. And he said something else. And I nodded. I was so asleep that I nodded and it's a phone call, he can't see me, and I was like, and then I was finally like, oh, oh, yeah, okay, and then hung up, and so this kid and I started talking the next day after he added me on staff, um, as i working a 11-hour shift at my job, and he, uh I ended up asking him on a date for the following Saturday, I had my play but we were gonna make it work we were gonna go on a hike in the morning and then he was gonna come to my play that night because he wanted to and so we went on our date talked for the next weeks had a few more dates started dating on november 27th Ah. talked about him at therapy with my therapist and she goes kirsten when you talk about your exes you feel you look you look like there's an elephant sitting on your shoulders. You just deflate. And she goes, I know part of it's probably because they're exes, but do you ever think that you love this relationship so much more? And I I'm not saying you love him yet. Like you're a week and a half into the relationship, because at the time I was. She goes, but the relationship itself. Do you ever think you love the relationship itself already? More. Because you don't have to save him from some situation he is in. And I thought for a second. And it hit me like a load of brick walls. Every guy I've ever dated has been in some kind of stupid situation. The first guy I dated had mommy and daddy issues because they were divorced and his dad was a drug addict. And he hated his life because whenever he went to his dad's, he had to watch his siblings. His younger siblings that his dad had after his mom and dad got divorced and his dad got remarried and he hated it. And then the second guy I dated was abusive. It shouldn't be abusive, but we'll we'll get into that in another episode. And uh and I had mommy and daddy issues again because his dad was bordering an alcoholic. And he had no plans for his future. That one got me a lot. He had no plans for his future. He still doesn't, actually. It's been two years since we broke up, and he still doesn't have plans for his future. And he's been graduated for two years, so that's really funny. To me, anyway, like, he's in his future now, and he just doesn't, still doesn't know what to do, which I can understand. Like, some people don't, but he hasn't even made motions to, to, um, Figure out a plan for yourself, you know? Because, uh, I don't know. He just doesn't have a will to. And then, um, the next guy gated dated. I only dated for a month. I'm still pretty good friends with his mom. His mom loves me. I'm her daughter. We do girls' days all the time. Him and I are eh, kind of friends. We were best friends for a while, but, um, someone in his life didn't want him to be anymore. And I, I can respect that. I respect that completely. um, and then, uh, next guy I dated, Manho, only dated him for, like, three weeks, and then I dated my most recent ex, who I just broke up with in August, and he had mommy and daddy's issues, because they were divorced, and they couldn't communicate with each other, and just, so many things, which he always asked me for advice how to handle his divorced parents. And both my parents are still married. So I find that kind of funny. And not because it's, I'm glad that my parents are still together. But if you're looking for advice about how to handle your divorced parents, when you ask somebody else who has divorced parents, and he has a lot of friends who are divorced, have divorced parents, I know them. So it just didn't logically make sense. Like, okay, I get coming to me because I'm a girlfriend, but have you considered also asking somebody else for advice? Well, no. Well, maybe you should, bud, because <laughs> I don't know how to answer that question because I'm not in, I am not in, and have never been in one of those situations. And I probably never will be unless my parents decide they're not happy someday and get divorced. <sighs> and I looked at it and I said, yeah every guy I felt I need to save. I had to save my first boyfriend from his parents. I had to save my second boyfriend from his parents and help him try and figure out a future, which he did not like. He was very upset with me with that. I had to save my third boyfriend from his stepdad, protect him from his stepdad. I had to save my last boyfriend from his family and help him plan his future. Oh, which, by the way, I planned his future, and he's still using that plan because he doesn't know what else to do with his life if it wasn't for that, which is still funny to me, which yes, that does make me seem like a petty teenager, but what can you do? I have to be petty about some things. I'm pretty relaxed otherwise. But I was like, yeah, because I don't have to save the person I'm in a relationship with right now because he is strong. He's confident. He has a plan, a strong family. I feel safe going to his house, which in some past relationships I didn't at all. But I just got to relax with this one. Because he has a plan. He wants to be a lawyer. He knows what college he's going to. He's applied. He's getting scholarships. It's saving me. Now, not a whole lot came out of this episode, but some advice that I can give you through this episode is all these hardships have happened in the past year. 2020 sucked. It sucked so hard. For so many of us across the world. But keep pushing on. If you're struggling, find help. Call for help. Go to your doctor, ask for help. Call the National Health Hotline, National Suicide Prevention Hotline. There's National Depression Hotlines in almost every country. If not... (sighs) Message me. I want to help you. Really bad. I want to help you. Shit sucks. It sucks a lot. But you're not alone. Never, never, ever think you're alone. Because you're not. You're not. There are hundreds of other people out there in the exact same situation you're in right now. Maybe not the exact, but pretty close. And they can help you through it. And you can help them through it. You can lean on each other. We can all lean on each other. The world is facing a lot of crap right now. And it's a dangerous world. It is. I hate to say it, but there are bad people But together, we can get through it all. Find your help. Find your people. Build a support system. Go on medicine if you have to. I had to. I'm on antidepressants. I'm on anti-anxiety meds. I am on meds that help me sleep at night i am on meds that empty out my brain when i'm about to have an anxiety attack like literally just empty it out like i take it if i feel an anxiety attack coming on i do this thing where i give myself a little like really tight hug and i say i am safe where i'm at i am safe i'm okay i want you to try that right now just for a minute A quick minute give yourself a really tight hug and just say I am safe I am okay I am strong and just repeat those three sentences for about a minute as many times as it takes you to calm down relax I am safe. I am okay. I am strong. Those three sentences have talked me out of 28 panic attacks. 28, yeah, that's my number I'm at now. 28. That's one of the things that I've learned in therapy. Now, I'm not trying to use this channel to substitute for therapy. But, you know, if you can't afford therapy and you want to come here to learn tips and tricks, I will share them with you. I will. But also, I want (laughs) to... As cheesy as it sounds, I want to push you to the therapy side of YouTube and the therapy side of TikTok. Because... There are real therapists on there that share real tips and tricks, and it's gotten more of them have come to surface through COVID because they know in statistics that mental health is declining because we're locked up. We're in quarantine. We can't go see our friends and family. We can't have big gatherings like weddings to celebrate these big, amazing things going on in our lives. We can't have graduations. It's everything. They know that. They're putting resources, information, pooling stuff together out there to help. Use it. Find it. One other thing that I learned is is grounding, right? If you don't know what grounding is, you're going to learn here in just a second. Um, so, grounding is really important in anxiety attacks. So... And for the first few, I always say, close your eyes. Tell me a few things you can hear. Like three. Three things you can hear. That's great. Now tell me two things you can smell. Because trust me, you can always smell two things at once. Like right now, I can smell my cat litter box that I need to clean tomorrow. And the vanilla bean Noel in my room. And peanut butter. Because I am eating was eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich before I recorded this. So that's three. I, but you can always, almost always depict two smells. Right? Now open your eyes. Tell me five things you can see. Right now I can see my computer monitor. <laughs> pictures on my wall. Kleenex box. My water bottle. My phone. And my crown. I literally mean crown. Tiara. It's town representative thing. Like people do miss Iowa and stuff. Yeah, kind of like that. Um, so what, we have five things we can touch three things we can hear two things we can smell oh five things we can hear three things we can smell there are three things we can hear two things we can smell four things we can touch so now, touch my phone my desk my keyboard my mouse what's the last sentence that's left Tell me one thing you can taste. One thing. I can taste my water. And not, not always can it be immediate. But one thing, if you had it in front of me, you, that you can taste. Now, that can sometimes be the hardest. Now, a lot of people do it in the 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, or, or, so. Let me, they sit there and go, hey, tell me five things you can see. Now, tell me... Four things you can touch. And three things you can hear. Two things you can smell. And one thing you can taste. That's a great way to remember it. Remember the five things. It's always your senses. Remember your senses. Because they will pull you back. Settle in to your feet. Now that sounds really weird. Because especially if you're standing right now. But relax your shoulders. Plant your feet. Make sure they're wide. Deep breath in and out. Remember that things get better. (coughs) Now, we had a speaker the other day at school, Um, and he was teaching us about first aid, and he said something. It kind of hit me, because it it's, it's true. He's not wrong. He was helping us learn about how to tell someone suicidal. So, like, some of the things a person who's suicidal or is about to commit suicide to do is so will call to everyone and tell them you're, they love you. Like, how often do you call someone just say, I love you? Like, don't get me wrong. I call my mom often and every day I'm like, I love you. I want you to know that. But, like, I'm pretty sure if I called my mom or my dad, sorry, or either of my brothers, and I said, hey, I just want you to know that I love you and I care about you. And I really just wanted you to know that. They'd be concerned because I don't do that. How often do you do that? Now, I'm not telling you to start doing that. But how often? Right? I should throw up a red flag. Or if your cousin calls you all of a sudden and says, hey, I just need you to know that I love you. You'd get concerned, right? Or if another one, he said, if they start suddenly selling all their stuff. He goes, because that's their way of helping. Because they don't want you to have to take care of it all once they're gone. If they start suddenly selling all of their crap, be concerned, ask questions. Or if they suddenly give you a large amount of money. Like, they sell their stuff, and then they give you, like, $400. Be concerned. You should be. Check in on them. But then he goes, Guys, I'm going to be bluntly honest with you. Suicide is selfish. How often do you hear a person say that? Hmm? Suicide is selfish. Now, get mad at me for saying this. But he's kind of right. Like... It takes your pain away, but it inflicts pain on your mom and your dad and your grandparents and your brothers and your sisters and your friends. Me, it inflicts pain on my school. Suicide is selfish. It sucks to think of it that way. Because you don't want to think of yourself as a selfish person. You want to think of yourself as someone who is strong and helps others and is kind. But if you're suicidal and you're trying to commit suicide, aren't you selfish? Because you're trying to end your pain and not thinking about how that will cause pain on the people around you. And who has to pick up that mess eventually. And I'm not saying I completely agree with him. Because I've been there. I've wanted to commit suicide. (laughs) It sucks. I was at a low. But I can't disagree with him either. And I really want to see you guys. Like have comments on this. I really do. Because... It is... It is a thing to think about. It is a pondering question. So I'll leave you to ponder that. And we'll dig a little more into that concept the next episode. But I really want you guys to take away from this episode. How to get better. It's 2021. Hopefully this is a better year. Things are starting to look up just a little. Hopefully. Jinx, not jinx it, knock on wood. But we're going to get through this all together. But remember, grounding. I am safe. I am okay. I am strong. We'll get through this together. Thank you guys for coming to Just a Girl Podcast.